Welcome to We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together podcast, where we are a boundary-free zone. Man, and where everything goes. When I say everything, I really mean everything. Everything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> but look, for real, y'all, let me be completely honest. One thing I hate is when another person feel like they're better than the next. I mean, we all still ain't got our shit together nowadays. Plus, life is about constant elevation. And without it, we're dead. And that's why our podcast is called We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together. For real. Shit. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, all right, all right. Yo, it's been a minute, y'all. I know, I know. You know, we we took all of January off to recalibrate. We back at it again with another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together. I'm one of your hosts, John Wayne Willis Jr. You know, it's your boy KJ. I'm a dog, no cat food. What's up? Let's go. (laughs) And I'm Anuela Cook, bringing the little snacks up into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. We're doing a little something different now that we're going to be added into uh, into the fold, but we got a lot of topics to touch today. Mm-hmm. A lot of topics to touch today. So I'm going to go ahead and jump it off. All right. I got a question for y'all. How do y'all feel that it's Black History Month? How do y'all feel? Um, you know. I mean, that's the only way to do it. Honest okay. opinion, my boy. Um. Personally, I feel like it's a, it's an escape goat to take your mind off of everything else that's going on around, which is it can be cool because sometimes a lot of stuff is very stressful, but I don't feel like people truly care about Black History Month or they put it on the front until the money is over with and then boom back to the same bullshit. So Black History Month for me is a bittersweet thing. Okay. Well, how you feel about it so far? Being it's the same thing every year. Um, I don't think it should really be for black awareness for us. I mean, we are black, it's our history. I think it should more so be for um, other races, mm-hmm. like educating them and more so like letting them realize like they were they had a hand in the whole idea of black history, whether it was the good and the bad, you know. And I think. I think that focus should be more so on, especially Caucasian, Asian, Jewish, Jewish religion, stuff like that. You know, I think, yeah, I think um, Black History Month shouldn't just be Black people celebrating Black History Month. It should just be an education thing, which should be year round. Absolutely, I like that. I like that. My view on Black History Month is, you know, Black history is American history. Yes, I, 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 I will say that we are embedded all the way from the beginning to the end if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but in a sense of black history month i can see where some people find it as a sense of pride uh where you have that full acknowledgement versus not having full acknowledgement um i also think it's going to be interesting as we are entering this world of critical race theory how long they plan to let black history month last uh so i i think that's going to be very interesting because to have a month highlighting just blacks 
versus not having them of highlighting just blacks. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to be a very interesting concept. Say it again, Corey. That's the least they, they can do. You give us 30 days. I mean, what? it's not even 30 days. Like, Well, the concept is this, right? I think, yeah. I think the concept breaks down to, to at the end of the day, we are part of the fabric of American history in, in general. Like, you think about even up until now, like, the inventions that have happened in our country have majority been black. Like everything that has pushed the culture forward, black. We're talking about from medical discoveries to technical discoveries to to physical discoveries have mainly all been done by black people. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we are the history of this country for the most part. It just depends on who is writing those history books, you know? So at the end of the day, one of those things that, you know, I think has always resonated is just been that, American history is black history. And of course they seem like they want to give you a little bit of this or a little bit of that when it comes down to February uh, in the month of February, when it comes to black history. Um, do you guys have like um, any type of ways that you explain it to your kids uh, when it comes down to February? Are you guys like, Oh, this is something normally we talk about in general. We normally talk about this stuff in general. Mm-hmm. Um, what I just tell them is just, it's just a month of highlight. That's all. Okay. A month of focus where we just put our most of our attention now on that subject, you know? All right. Which yeah. is the same for me. Basically, hey, you know, these are the people that are important and things that happen around this time. Same difference. All right. All right. Going on to Black history, let's, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Black colleges and universities. HBCUs. You do know HBCUs. I mean, we do know what went down, right? You know, beginning of February, 13 schools getting uh, 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 threatened. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just thought that it was definitely interesting time frame wise. <laughs> you know, huh? No, I said right. It was interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was super interesting. And and I wanted it to be bigger of a story than what it was, right? I likened it to to the to to the same level that Ivy Leagues are on is the same level HBCUs are on for me. Like I don't know if anybody feels differently about that. You can kind of explain, but for me, I do believe that all of our HBCUs are are just as prestigious, in my opinion, as uh, the U.S. Ivy League system. So. Um, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, damn, you know, I didn't think that it was a viable threat. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't think it was a viable threat. I didn't um, think so. Either. But um, at the same time, like, that's a terrorist act, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> you feel it me? Is. And this is, this is just how <laughs> I feel about it. Um, I know Spelman was one of those colleges, mm-hmm. universities here in Atlanta. Um, growing up here in Atlanta, I went to Forest Park. There was a bomb threat every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, they didn't take it serious at all. It was just a bomb threat. Literally, we had a bomb threat every single week or maybe every other day. And you had to go outside, you know, wait for a while. They searched the building, and then be back in. And that's it. And then next week, the same thing all over again. So I kind of likened that to the same what's going on with the HBCUs here. Um, They're searching to find out what's going on, and then that's it. No media coverage, risking whatever may happen. So when it does happen, oh, okay, now we're going to make it a big issue across across the world. Yeah. You know, 
And which I find like that's crazy because like you mm-hmm. said, like growing up, going to high school and middle school, they had it countless of times. And now since they finally do a college or make a a partial threat for the college, now they want to take it serious. What about the children? It goes through it every other week or pr- protocol every other month. Yo, that's interesting. Atlanta's wild, y'all. Atlanta. Yeah. What? That never happened to me in high school. It <laughs> happened yeah. of time. That never happened to me in high school at all. Talk about a bomb threat? No. But it's, like, it's my thing. They said it was six. Very intelligent. Intelligent. <laughs> Juveniles. And so yeah. around race, school. So my thing is, they're making it seem like it was Caucasian children. You know what um, I mean? Making those bomb threats. And is, I'm just going to say, well, we had these bomb threats here in Atlanta when I was in high school, middle school. We knew it was black people because they didn't do nothing about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So my thing is, it may be some black juveniles making the threats because they ain't did nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't do stuff like that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? So, it made it to where we didn't take it serious either, too. Like, it made it so, so, so such a normal thing. I I think for me, where, where, where the issue lies with this and where the issue lies with a lot of this type of stuff is how we need to start like treating this as what it is, right? Right. Calling calling it a bomb threat to any major institution is is a terrorist act. Yeah. We 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 need and the people responsible need to be paraded into the streets, names put out, you know, to the world, charged at the highest level of compatibility as possible, dealing wow. with 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 this subject. I mean, I don't I don't know how else to put it in perspective. In the sense of, because like when I first heard it, when I first heard about it, I was like, you know, I know that most bomb threats are handled at the state level, right? Mm-hmm. But when I saw that it was multiple locations over mm-hmm. two days at the beginning of Black History Month, uh, we talk about Spellman, Howard, Bethune Cookman, like yeah. we're talking about a lot of <clears throat> old historical institutions that have been around almost as long as most educational institutions has been around in general, right? That should have been like a super serious threat. So as the week went on and I saw that, you know, the FBI was being involved and all this stuff. But like, you know, I'm not hearing more about, you know, what this punishment is going to be. Have you caught said such and such yet? Have you done this yet? Have you put them out for the world to know? And I always said that that was going to be the issue. Well, yeah, because I was saying, like, could you imagine this was Columbia, Harvard, uh, Yale and uh you know, Stanford getting these 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 type of bomb threats. I mean, they would have paraded you in the street. We will not stand dude, for dude, such insolence to the ago. universities of of our of our forefathers. Like, you know what I mean? Some dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you look at that type of thing, and and I and I and I want that people understand that those schools that were threatened are at the same level and should have been had the same level of outrage. Uh, that we would have received if this would have been one of those historically PWI institutions. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Holding true to it. Holding true to it. How y'all feel about Whoopi being suspended? I feel like that's some bullshit. I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me slow down. My bad. 
But uh, <laughs> personally, she has some very strong, truthful facts, and people just don't want to hear the truth. All right. How you feel about it so far, Abuela? I mean, a lot of people view the ones who are miseducation or misinformed, they view Jew, Jewish people or the Jews as a different race of people. Even when I went to, when I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. you literally have a section of people in Cleveland Heights that's just a Jewish community. And they're, they're seen as a race of people. So if we're being educated in that manner and thinking, okay, they're a race of people, then you will see it as a racial um, a thing that was done on race. So that's, a lot of, that's, a, that's the ignorance of a lot of people because we don't know better. But when you really think about it, the Jewish Jewish is the term of religion. It's a religion. It was really, really racially motivated. Um, when I watched the story of Hitler, it told his story from the beginning as a child all the way up to when he did the whole the whole slaying and killing of all the Jewish people. It wasn't racially motivated. So, Thank you. so I, I don't agree. I don't agree with them suspending her off of her views. Mm-hmm. You know, on it not being racially motivated. So I, I I would say for myself, we live in a society, especially right now, mm-hmm. that you're in the cancel culture society, you're in the political correct society, you are right. in the society of not ruffling feathers, right? And so if you're in the society of not ruffling feathers, I can understand the outrage finally that you know the others have felt for somebody of black culture finally being reprimanded for said words. You know, everybody talks about a Karen being reprimanded. Everybody talks about that other stuff, right? Ooh, get those Karens out of here, get them out of here. But they finally felt like they finally had a chance to attack somebody of color for Mm -hmm. not being politically correct. And that's what I felt like when you saw uh, the Whoopi situation. Um, Now, I think it's very interesting because when we talk about the word race, not many people understand the definition of the word race, right? The word race has everything to do with nationality, uh, social construct, physical traits, and language, right? So I think it was to about the 17th century, the word race understood common tongue, right? Where you are nationally, so geographically where you were common traits like and physical traits so we encompasses a lot more in the word race until about the 17th century after the 17th century the word race only exclusively only dealt with physical traits so you i corey would be considered you know of one race based on our common physical traits, our noses, our skin complexion, our bone density, like whatever you want to call it, right? Physical traits would have been considered race. And so how we look at the word race, um, and especially in the US, race has typically only been two sides of one coin, right? Black or white. So when you look at somebody like Whoopi make her, her comments, one, her comments to me were not insensitive. It was saying that, hey, the Holocaust to me wasn't about race. It was about man's inhumanity to man. So as soon as she said that, you know, the whole world asks us to be colorblind, right? 
But the minute that it doesn't fit the colorblind narrative for you, that's when you jump down somebody's throat. Like, it wasn't like Whoopi was like, oh, I'm denying that the Holocaust was even happening. You know, like somebody who used to work on that show before she left, you know, the yeah. King girl. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so we're not even denying that the Holocaust happened, that it wasn't a horrific, you know, and an horrific event. But what I am saying is the Holocaust was literally about the inhumanity of man to man. And it was white on white crime. So when you look at that, and even when we talk about, huh? It's a t- I can see how it's a touchy subject. Yeah. Because they were, those people. I'm sorry, Corey. No, I'm saying it's not really a, t- a touchy subject. It, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a cornerstone in history where they don't want to show their own type of damage they did to each other. I disagree with that because in in Germany, I mean, they actually vehemently talk about what was wrong about the Holocaust. They they vehemently talk and teach where where they were wrong about what they did. The only people that really hide the past is us. You see what I'm saying? So I I think I think a lot of times when 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 we discuss like racial events or events that happen. We we as Americans only dive into what we know. So that's why I say when I look at Whoopi, Whoopi is only talking about from her experience. You see what I'm saying? From her experience, this is not a racial event. From her experience, it's man's inhumanity to man, right? From her experience, and that's talking from our perspective. When you go over to Germany, Germany teaches about what happened in World War II vehemently, and we're talking about that something that's you know a single generation removed, right? Well, we can't really speak on Germany because we're in America. So I'm just speaking from a America point of view. Yeah, they try to hide it, or yeah, that's real. That's real. I agree with that. They don't want to actually give that, that 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 same thought of okay. What we did to black people, we actually did to ourselves too. Go ahead, my I, I, When I sit and think about it after having this conversation, it's it's a lot deeper than that. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're making it seem like it's more surface, like it's like it is black and white, but it's not. Mm-hmm. In Germany, the Jews were racially pro or yeah, I would say racially profiled compared to mm-hmm. the other people who are natives of that country. Mm-hmm. Jews came from Poland, they came, they migrated to Germany. Yeah. They began to take over jobs, you see what I'm saying, in Germany. And they literally were discriminated against compared to the other people. So when you think about it, it's almost likened to how black people were discriminated against when it came to our white counterparts here in America. You see what I'm saying? Like they were literally forced to do things they didn't want to do. And they got the bottom the bottom of the barrel in order to take care of their family. So coming from a black person's standpoint and point of view, when we think about the Holocaust, our mindset is going to be different because we're the ones who say, oh, we're doing this every day. We're still going through racial profiling here in America and this and that. And now that the Jews have overcame what they over, um, overcame that, and they're, not, they're like billionaires, they're over the music industry, we don't see it as the same because they've overcame, overcame. I feel like Oprah's comment, it could have been, it, what she said, would deem as insensitive to, I would say, Jewish people because they were, we want to say racially, discriminated against because of who they were in the Holocaust. You didn't have the other people who looked like them 
be gone, um, be put into the same treatment as they were. They were literally singled out because of a certain specific trait or where they came from. All because so, of so, so, so I would not disagree so, about about the discrimination. <laughs> I think the main thing for me is when 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 we talk about it, a lot of this stems from 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 why Jews were 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 discriminated against. So if you think about it, the Christian church for a while was like, you know, Jewish people are this, Jewish people are that. They're the ones that kill Christ, they're this, they're that. And so that, you know, that 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 went on for a long time, especially in Eastern Europe for a while, right? So mm-hmm. as as we look at the concept of what happened, um we can't say that, you know, they weren't discriminated against because of traits or anything like that. But it took serious ability to figure out who was Jewish and who wasn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like there were operations to say, hey, you know, yeah. this family, a Jewish family, are are you trying to pass? Because they went from saying, hey, you guys are a blood type to we don't believe that Jews can convert to Christianity. None of that. Right. So even if you were a Jew or you came from Jewish roots and you change your mindset, you know, they had to figure out if you were this type of person. You see what I'm saying? So that was the whole point of the secret police over there um, in Germany at the time where, you know, let's figure out who you are because I can't tell by looking at you, who are you're Jewish. You see what I'm saying? So I think that that's where the difference comes in. And we can't say, or we're not trying to say that it's, 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 uh, it's a denigration and it's not some type of discrimination because it's, it's purely discrimination. Now, I think as we talk about the definition of race, you have a point. But I'm saying is how we have talked about the definition of race since the 17th century. That is not necessarily a point to those of us that live in a country that doesn't really understand what the word race means outside of physical trait. You see what I'm saying? Outside of physical trait. That's a hard thing. And so living in the sensitive era, living in the politically correct era that we're in, if we want to say politically correct, I don't know. You know, that's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because to me, Jewish is still a religion. It's a religion first, right? And not a race. Absolutely. So, like, to me, to me, at the end of the day, you have black Jews, you have white Jews, you have all kind of different trait or people that look different in the side of the religion. And if you want to say that it was discriminatory against the religion of the Jewish people, and they tried to say that the Jewish was a bloodline, then, you know, that's, that, that to me is where the, the difference kind of falls. I mean, this is getting really technical, but at the end of the day, there was no way that she had put in position to say that what happened, you know, wasn't horrific, if that made sense. So I think for me, when we take a look at how we, we we suspend somebody or we look at position of canceling somebody, you know, are we taking the time out to say, hey, you know, is what she said truly hurtful or not? From her perspective, race is black and white or characteristics mm-hmm. of, of one kind, right? Mm-hmm. She then goes on to say that this is in man's inhumanity to man. Like it was a horrific event, right? So that's acknowledgement of what happened. I'm not saying that what happened isn't like horrible. It, it, but it's just her way of using her words. 
inhumanity to man is just saying they just did it to a bunch of white folks. No, it was done to a group of people, a specific okay. group of people. You know okay. what I mean? It's a specific group of people who do have different mm-hmm. features than the normal Caucasian from Russia and all these other places. Like these Jewish people had larger noses, bigger ears, curl kinkier hair. These are the Jewish people that were targeting it. You know what I mean? Like they had a specific feature that was separate from those in Germany. Say it again, Corey. Are you trying to say she tried to classify Jewish as white? Yeah, by her by her use of terms, the way she worded what she said. It was a um a humane thing done against humanity. If it so, was black people, what I'm saying, if it was something that was done to black people, it was something that was racially done against a black group of people. You see what I'm saying? It's not it's not indicating the true reason as to why the Holocaust happened. If she's gonna say it was something inhumane done to humanity, you're talking about a, a, a being, you know what I'm saying? You're talking about humanity. You're not talking about you're not specifying or showing the respect to that group of people, that set of people who went through what they went through. So it's all perspective and I can see on both sides of it. Because us, we want to see this black and white, but it's not black and white. It's deeper than that. On white. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So do I I guess for me, I I I'll have to be better at understanding the terminology of race, specific group of people, religion, right? Because and, and I think for me, I'm stuck at the point where I, I am in that perspective where race has been used as a construct of of a feature for so long or physical feature that we can't say that all the Jewish people in the Eastern European region look different from everybody from Germany. It wasn't it wasn't that because it would have been very easy for them to pick everybody up. That's just my opinion. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that yeah. that was the issue. I'm just saying I'm just putting a little education and context yeah. into the situation. Um but yeah, it, it, to me, it, it was just a situation that wasn't just a, just a thing that done against humanity. It was a group of people who won. It wasn't against, it wasn't because of religion. We know, if you know Hitler's story and why he mm-hmm. did what he did, mm-hmm. then you would understand that it wasn't religion-based. Okay. It wasn't religion-based. It wasn't, it wasn't because of religion why what happened happened. But yeah. But that's what right. was going on in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's talk about a state that's back in the news again, y'all. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, what's going on with Minnesota? <laughs> nah, they just like killing black people. What you mean? Clearly. Yep, yep. <laughs> um the this past week, um Minnesota police or SWAT, Minnesota SWAT had uh executed a no-knock warrant. Killing a 22-year-old black man, Amir Knox. Um, what are y'all thoughts on the no-knock warrant stuff, man? Man, it need to go. It need to go. Um, personally, there's too many casualties when it comes to the no-knock warrant, and then you having people who's murdering people, and specifically black people, because that's where they do all they no-knock warrants at. But there's no punishment behind it. Like, okay, I give you a stop on a res three months without pay, then come back to work. Or something like real slight, in which I feel that the no-knock warrant is personally just a target. It's targeting black people. 
you feel like a person is doing something but which they are not doing because you don't have full proof so you're giving somebody the right to hey just kick down their door and whatever you do grab we'll use that to file against them mm -hmm. right any thoughts Moella, further than what corey said yeah i watched the video and it's very yeah. sad because i ain't watch it Couldn't. they didn't allow for any type of explanation or they just went in he sat up on the couch and boom 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 no no anything you know what i mean so how did you know you had the right person his head was covered in that video so my thing is you knew where you were you knew that you were aiming for a black man or someone of color and you just went for it because it's a warrant and i look at the definition of a warrant Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically you can carry out any action that is related to the administrative of administration of justice. So it doesn't the warrant doesn't specify, oh, this has to be carried out. Like you can't shoot your or arrest. No, it doesn't specify. So anything can happen under that warrant. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. it's it's sad. And it is racially um any anything doing constitution or government is racially done because it's targeting people of color. I think I, th I think for me, I would love to see a, see a statistic of of area code of where most no knock warrants warrants are issued. It right, so right. we we could tell that you're in an apartment complex, you're somewhere where it's a little bit lower income. This isn't you know an affluent neighborhood that you're busting through the doors, and you know this time it was no. I mean, you didn't even bust the door down. They had a fucking key. <laughs> like you had a fucking key. Like, so, I mean, old buddy didn't have a chance for nothing. I know I went to bed. Ain't nobody else supposed to be in this house. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And next thing you know, all I'm doing is being startled out of my sleep with flashlights. That's disorienting. Um, random people, random voices yelling at you. You have no idea what's going on. And I I think for me, where, where, where the biggest issue lies in this is that they assume you have no right to defend yourself from whatever's happening, right? right? So if it wasn't you breaking into the house, right? If it wasn't the police breaking into the house, do I have the right to defend myself? How I think it's... But the thing is, I think at some sort of level, you have to have the availability to announce yourself as 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 as, as a police force, right? right. So I, I, don't, I don't believe that police should ever have a no-knock warrant. I think it should be, hey, police are outside. You are surrounded. Come out with your hands up. If not, we will wait you out. You either gonna kill yourself to prove your guiltiness, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're gonna give yourself up. So put yourself in those situations. Like you're if any one of those cops were to have them somebody break into their house at that moment and just flashlights going, whoosh, 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 hey, hey, hey. Everybody disoriented at that moment. If you do right. have a weapon, your entire thought is to protect myself or to protect those that are in this house. So right? now that I think about it, the only case for a no-knock warrant is where you're having a hostage. Basically, let's say you know you, you have people hidden in the basement, attic, or somewhere else, and the police know about it. But the judge give them a no knock to actually go rescue. I think I That's think even at that point you don't need a warrant though. Like you don't need a warrant if you have reasonable suspicion, right? That right. this person, you, you have reasonable suspicion 
but that this person is because they say that for all black people. Oh, so 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 what I mean, so what I so so what I mean by that is you have to be proven correct, right? You can't just break into the house based on reasonable suspicion without having proof. You see what I'm saying? So so at this point, you got to look at how we are going to deal with the concept of rewriting the law. You if if I'm breaking into your house as a cop and I'm saying, well, Corey has a hostage of people, I have to be able to prove that I went in and foiled, you know, <laughs> this plan for him to, to hold on to these people. If I break in and it's like, bro, this is my family, ain't no hostage going on, then I have to be charged based on unlawful entry. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There has to be a level of time trying to kick it, kick this of, of personal respect dealing with the issue. Like I think cops are really huge on oh, you know, you have to respect my authority, you have to respect this. But there's a reason why cops can't enter your property without proper paperwork. Right. Like you can't just pull up to my house and be like, yo, let me in the door. Nah, nigga, come back with a warrant. And I need mm-hmm. to know that you're on your way back. You can't come back and say, Well, hey, I got a key to your house now. What? Right. What? First of all, who gave you? Who gave you? Who gave you the key? So, so so for me, so for me, like honestly, which there will be a lawsuit brought against the Minnesota Police Department yet again, and we're talking about we're talking about what two years now, two years span of of some 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 real shit that's popping off in Minnesota, and so not only am I suing them, I'm probably definitely suing the whoever is managing the apartment company because that's the only way you got a key. That's the only way you got that key. The only way you got that key had to have dealt that whoever is managing that apartment building gave the police the key to break into your house. It's that simple. So not only did you shoot the wrong person who wasn't even on the warrant, though, he wasn't on the warrant. And it's so insensitive to me that you have a job where you know that your life is in harm's way. But then you get to react as if you're a civilian that's afraid to lose your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a rule. There should be two to three shots fired before cops are allowed to fire back. Like I, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. In the military, you can't just go fire on a on a uh, on a civilian village without facing court martial unless you were fired upon first. Mm-hmm. The police are the only people that work a job that have that situation where you're allowed to fire first based on conduit of fear. There's no other job. And we're talking about way worse situations, IED situations, situations dealing with insurgents. Like you talk about real like war situations. You have to have availability to have restraint. But yet in civilian situations, you don't have to have restraint. That makes zero sense to me in how we deal with the system of policing in our country. And I mean, I I don't know. I keep saying to myself, like, you know, is it going to be better eventually? So, John, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple months ago, I asked you, like, um, do you think black people are just going to get to the point where they're just going to be tired and start truly fighting back, firing back, like literally officer to civilian to officer mm-hmm. or even to the point to where it is shit it's gonna get chaos hectic people gonna start uh, I I think that before anything like that happens I think that as black people we need to start uh looking more into um co-oping 
uh, communities and neighborhoods, right? So I think you had the one uh, community that just came up. It's a black owned community out here in Georgia where they bought like the hundred acres and bought like built houses and stuff on there. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to, to now commit their own forces, like their police force, right? The only time you have to have permission to supersede that as state police or whatever, right? We can start creating communities and where we police ourselves yet again, where, where we exact change, where we put ourselves in position. If if we put ourselves in a position where there's an all-out war, that's not going to be good, especially in a position that most of our people aren't prepared to even think about that type of situation. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's one, it's, it's one thing to fight back when you have the power to fight back, and there's one thing to fight when you zero, like you don't know how to do it. And I think that most of our civilians and, and where we live are in that position. Where they, where they don't know how to fight back? Yeah. I mean, so the thing is this, right? You you literally would have to travel in packs if you're a black man. Because at that point, it's the same concept of, of, of the early 80s again, where you have militarized policing happening. So now you have another militarized force if we put ourselves in that situation. If me and you were in a car, just me and you, and six, seven cars roll up on us on every stop, every time they hop out, it's literally riot gear, bulletproof vest, everything's pointed at you. Put yourself against the wall. Duh, duh, duh. Like, I mean, that's exactly how they did raids in the 80s. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In the 80s, they pulled up on you, helmet down, billy clubs, guns drawn. I don't care who you are. You're a black man. You're going to jail. I don't trust you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if we put that ourselves or we put ourselves in those positions again, um, we're not going to be ready to handle that because one, we're not mobilized enough to, to go as a large group everywhere. So you mean to say that now you have to go to the grocery store as a large group of men, your women no longer could be on the streets. Like we're putting ourselves in a position where they have the upper hand and we're just not in that position to, to even think about some type of race war as of yet. But yeah, you gotta think about it as a race of, or our culture, I'm saying our culture, yeah. culture people, we're conditioned to submit. We're conditioned to like, okay, we just relax for a bit and go with the flow and just do whatever. We're not conditioned to be militant, like the, a military type mindset. White people are. White people, it's in their DNA to really scratch and fight to get what they want. That's not us. So See, I think the difference with that is, is because like that's the older not the younger generation that's coming. Nah, I was gonna say, yeah, generation. the young generation a little wild, bro. Chaos I know, that's true. So the <laughs> and the younger generation is wild. They are wild. Hey. I'm, hey but, Morgan, I'm still working right now. Baby. Little cutie. No, because I'm, I'm on the podcast right now. Have go, go to mommy. I'll be out in a second, okay? Go on. Go to mommy. I'll be out in a second. I'll see you later. <laughs> Okay, love you, baby. Right. Yeah, so I feel like the younger generation have a less give a fuck inside them. They don't care about mobilizing. They will kill and they will show the show a, a, a point to be proven. But the older so, generation is, is a little more timid. So I, I 100% agree with that. With I think you? I think I think what the major difference is is that the younger generation lives in a world of available information, right? So, so what I mean by that is whatever you want to learn is at your fingertips in today's time frame, right? So 
we talk about understanding your law, understanding how you, how, how to get weapons, understanding the militant mindset is a lot larger and a lot more viewed upon in a world in which information isn't hidden from you. So like information is power. And they've always said information is power. If you want to hide it, originally what they say, you want to hide it from a black man, put it in a book. We're not going to be willing to read. Now everything is at literally the fingertips. If I want to find something out, hey, Google, what's this? Hey, what's this? And it puts you in a direction to find something. So when you're putting yourself in a direction to be, you know, powerful in a sense of information, it does give you a sense of invincibility um, at that age range. So, I mean, what what I think we'll see and what and what I say, like I hope for is literally the process of of coming together more where you used to have like neighborhood policing. So you look at the 40s, white people didn't police black neighborhoods. You see what I'm saying? In the 40s, in the early 50s, white people didn't police black neighborhoods. Like you literally had neighborhood policing. The police that was going to serve that warrant were going to live in that neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So Bob was your neighbor. So if you busting down your neighbor's door, you better have a damn good reason. You see what I'm saying? A damn good reason. Right. Because, I mean, you're living amongst the people. Nowadays, I mean, you, you think you think you look at it, most of the cops in Atlanta live somewhere out in the suburbs. They're not living in Atlanta. They're not living in the region of where they're policing. Mm -hmm. the, they don't match the, the view of what the community looks like. You see what I'm saying? Now, if you're out in, you know, Petrie City or whatever, your cops look just like you. <laughs> Hey Bob, <laughs> you know, nice to see you. But if you're if you're in a predominantly black area, I mean, outside of only place I've really seen that's predominantly black that have black police is Union City. Camp Creek. You you see the Camp Creek, baby. Like, we have the police station right there, and it's yeah. all black people. Yeah, so. I say, that's the only place. I mean, no, I'm sorry, not Fairburn, but Fulton, like Fulton County. Like, yeah. like, 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 like South Fulton, like South Fulton, probably. South Fulton, you see predominantly black officers, even though they're much, they're, they're dicks, but you see predominantly black officers. But then again, like, how many people are getting shot up at traffic stops in Fulton County? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, how many people are in those situations? I can, especially when you're a black cop and you're pulling over that young 16 year old kid, like, look, little dude. Take your Like, get your shit together, man. Like, I don't, don't want to be in this situation with you again. Like, you see what I'm saying? And so you'll see that. But then when you're in those situations where you're being pulled over by an insensitive person that has no idea what your plight is as, as a young African-American or other minority, they don't care. It could be your first time being pulled over and you're just a little jittery. Hey, 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 hey you know what I'm saying? Like, let me see your hands. Da, 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 da. Now you're in a whole different heap of situation and you're expected to be able to act as you've been prepared for this your whole life. One thing so, I do want to say, having marijuana does not make you a, a violent offender. Having marijuana does not give an officer a reason to be aggressive to you. Like, let's be clear. Having we can do a whole do episode that. on marijuana and why <laughs> people do marijuana the way they do it. We yeah. we could talk about it again. It's been it's 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 been documented that they demonize marijuana to the point, especially for minorities, to be put into that situation. Marijuana is one of the best conduits to put you into the prison system and to get that low cost labor, aka modern day slavery. Right. So, I mean, 
any any instant that they can get to put you there, they will because privatized prisons is a almost trillion dollar business. Absolutely. They gotta make money. And money is where things go. Talking about money, y'all. Mm-hmm. Do you like to spend money, Manuela? <laughs> hey Corey, do you like to spend money? Mm, it depends. So, like some days, I be wanted that 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 um ten piece. If it's for I your cars, sprinkle. Do you do you like purple. to spend money? Do you like to spend money for your cars? I like to make money with my cars, but you spend it too, right? <laughs> After I make it the legal way. <laughs> All right, all right. So, black people, man, we got some real dollars out here in these streets. We 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 the brokest, most richest people on the planet, dude. I mean, 1.6 trillion dollars worth of spending. Right. Like, how does that sound when it hits your ears, though? Start started with Corey. How does that sound? 1.6 trillion dollars when it came Where to spending. Where is it? I don't see it. I need to see some of that money that has been spent. That's a lot of goddamn money. You passed billion. Now you in the tree. Like, 1.6 trillion, 1.6 trillion, bro. Trillion? Oh my God. Well, wait, look, when that number hits your ears, tell me what it tell me what it does to you. Man, tell me that we have money out here and I didn't know where to get it. That's what it tells me. We have to get this money. And some of us just don't know the way to get it. That's all. <laughs> Yo, I was thinking about it. I was talking about it with my mom the other day, right? And I was just like, 1.6 trillion. My mom was like, well, I don't see why you're like, you're tripping. We black. We spent. I'm like, what? Like, black people spend, right? Black people spend. Like, she was like, when you think about like the whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses, the whole concept of all this, like, we would rather look rich than be rich. We would I don't rather think we know how to get rich. That's the whole thing. Okay, time out. If we spend the 1.6 trillion, we know how to make money to spend money. I, I think our issue is we don't know how to keep money. But yeah, we know how to make the money. Out of that 1.6 trillion, how many of us have six to seven figures that's spending that money? A lot of these six to seven figures people are spending that 1.6 trillion. Nah, bro. Yeah. Are you serious? I think a large oh, number of that comes from you the poor community. Like huh? celebrities, there are big spenders. The celebrities yeah. and oh, your camera just changed. Oh, thousand on a watch. Come on, bro. Okay, okay, okay. I agree. But that that's less than a percent of black people who living in that seven figure tax bracket, bro. But that's a large so, percent of the money that's being spent. Okay, so I'm um, putting this in perspective, right? When when we just talk about six figures or more, nine percent of households in 2021, nine percent of black households reach the six figure or more mark. We're talking about a hundred thousand dollars or more, nine percent of the entire population of blacks. Nine percent, not even ten percent. So that means if you're together as a family, if you're single, it doesn't matter, whatever, you're reaching that part right there. Whereas only 9% of us that are in that range where we can afford to even be in that six-figure tax bracket. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 9%. Now, you're saying that out of that $6 trillion, I don't even know. What, I'll put it this way. I, I will say that in a year, 
that the people in the seven figure tax bracket may be, maybe, maybe taking up a hundred billion. Maybe, and that's a huge maybe. Nah, bro, nah. Son. If you get if you get ten or twelve people spending a hundred or more thousand on jury just on a humbug every other month or every other week you see somebody it's driving. not it's not enough though like so like hold it you gotta do the numbers you gotta do the numbers you gotta do the do you realize how much money it takes to reach a billion dollars just a singular billion dollars one billion dollars do you know how much you gotta spend to reach one billion dollars my boy a lot, a lot absolutely a lot. it's a lot of money so i look at this 1.6 trillion and i say how many people are paying this out in the concept of the largest group of people? So if you're spending $20,000 a year, but yet you're not in the six figure, six, the six figure tax bracket, and you're in a bracket where we have the majority of our people in that 20,000 that spreads real quickly. And this money all talks about everything. So this encompasses your housing, this encompasses, uh, your commercial spending, this encompasses your business spending, this encompasses everything, right? That 1.6 trillion encompasses everything. It's the money we're putting out. Mm -hmm. And I think the more alarming factor to this was in that same report, black people are down in net worth 14%, right? Our net worth has dropped 14%. Now, I also think that has a lot to do with the, the level of how many black businesses were started last year, right? And we all know when you start a business, that starts you as a deficit. Most businesses, yeah, boy, go ahead and give yourself a little vroom, 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 It was a lot of black businesses started. Um, it was a lot of black businesses started in 21, right? And when we look at those black businesses being started in 2021, we're putting ourselves in a position to say, hey, I might have spent some capital on this. I might have lost some net worth because I done spent some capital on this. But mm. check me after 2022 and let's see if the percentage is still below 14 percent. Right. So Absolutely. when we look at the concept of spending, it takes money to make money. I don't care what nobody tells you. It takes money to make money. And there's only one. There's only two ways to make money. You got to trade either time or you got to trade money. Right. Absolutely. There's only two ways that you're going to make bread. Sometimes so, you got to trade both. Huh? Sometimes you got to trade both. Sometimes, well, most of the time you got to trade both. Everybody got to trade both in some form or fashion. Absolutely. Like if you're starting a business, that's time and money. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's time and money. So when you put yourself in those positions, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with it. I see the 1.6 trillion and, and, you know, it's it's a cringeworthy number off break. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, what is it? What is it? <laughs> now, I would say this if we start spending that 1.6 trillion with only black businesses, mm, yeah, that's a different. We will be able to take care of our community. You know, are we are we in this position of spending this 1.6 trillion with nothing but you know, majority majority owned businesses? Like, you know, is this all going to Microsoft? Is this all going to Apple? Is, is this all going to uh, 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 you know, housing communities that are built by white people. Is this all going to to uh, uh, Gucci, Louis Prada, Levi? Um, side note, too, though. Side note, I seen a dude from Nigeria. 
He has created a self-powering television. A, a self-powering man. television or, or, or solar power television? Self-powering television, meaning no socket to plug in is going off a new, um, some type of electrical waves that surround it inside your house. Meaning you, you save the money on your lights. You save the money everywhere else. Hey. The TV is self-powered and is made by a black man. The last African dude to, to make something that was self-sustaining ended up poison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the dude that did the car. Sucks. But so, I mean. Congratulations, though, to, to him, though. Like he, 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 I, I'll put it this way. The world is not. Okay. Old money. Mm-hmm. The world, the the business community is not ready to see self-sustaining energy anything because yeah. that's how people make their money. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you got big corporations that make their money from selling electricity or selling power or selling whatever. I mean, I'm still surprised that not more homes in the U.S. have solar power. Like, you see what I'm saying? So it's a bit controversy on that, though, because um, some people say, hey, solar is better you save money. Some say, hey, you're not saving money. You're actually spending more money once you deal with solar. So I think I think the difference is this, like getting solar is, is where is where is where the expense comes from, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not Free cheap to put up it's not cheap to put up solar panels on your house, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're available to do it while saving bread, like we, we not say say saving bread, but there there's a way to do it where like if you understand what you're doing, you're gonna make money. There are people out here selling power to power their neighborhoods based on solar power back to the power companies. Like the they literally is, how much is the maintenance though? I mean, the, I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't have solar, right? I don't have solar, right? So I can't mm-hmm. say that I know about what the maintenance cost is, but I assume as long as you keep your wires good and everything Gucci and get shit up on the roof, you're good. So, <laughs> so you said so former electrician, I was an electrician for five years, bro. That shit is not cheap. No type of maintenance on any electrical equipment when it comes to powering something mm-hmm. is not cheap, especially because if you don't maintenance it correctly or have a a, a current maintenance on it, that shit will go out on you. So well, okay, so that so to me that's interesting, right? So I mean, I I didn't know that. So when it comes down to that, if that's going to be the case, I mean, I think we are trying to move to a more sustainable energy, but that's that's, that's a slow pace, right? Mm-hmm. So you you think about electric car slow pace. I mean, by the way, I do plan to have that lightning in the next two years. So I ain't going for. I don't like Teslas and all that. No, I'm not getting the Tesla. I'm getting the Ford F one fifty Lightning. You can afford that one fifty like that. I can't do it, bro. Like you take. Hey, look, I'm pissed off at Dodge right now, but I can't be too pissed off. I can only be pissed off at United States of America. They're trying to take the American muscle away from us when it comes to Dodge. Because you're killing the planet, dude. No, not we. Man, look, I, no, I can't say that. That's it. you. That's you killing the planet. <laughs> I, I want to say something. You. <laughs> You muscle car drivers are killing the planet, my boy. You're killing the planet. Man. So, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> y'all, y'all want the biggest engine that produces the most fucking fumes, <laughs> loud pipes in the back, all that stuff. Like, you know, y'all it's, out here killing the planet. It's, it's a feel when you get in that car and you get behind that wheel. And but uh, tap but the pedal. electric cars are faster. And they cheap. They, 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 they cheap pieces of plastic. Sounds like a hater. It's okay. No. It's okay, bro. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is 
I, I want a pickup truck. I ain't got one yet, right? Mm-hmm. I can buy a Ford F one fifty Lightning about forty one thousand, bro. That's mm-hmm. cheap as hell for a brand new pickup. Absolutely, and it's all electric. It's gonna come with a twelve inch infotainment screen in there, and it only comes in quad cab, my boy. Mm. I so I mean, what I have been looking at is that um <laughs> that Z seventy one um Chevrolet. That oh, the new the, the, the new drone fire though. The new drone mm-hmm. fire. See, look at this. This is what's wrong with black people over here. We talk about spending <laughs> money. We about to be a part of the one point six trillion. That's your issue, bro. See, see what happened. My see weakness what happened? is cars, bro. My weakness is cars. <laughs> that engine getting up under there, rapping. We done, we done really lost like our co-host. Well, <laughs> 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 shit done died on us. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So after talking about all that money, let's talk about who not getting no money. Let's go ahead and talk about our last subject of the day. Brian Flores sued the NFL. Talk about black coaches not getting a fair chance. Tell me what you think, Corey. Um, It's not surprising. Honestly, um, I think, what was it, 2020 or the beginning of 21? I think P. Diddy was trying to buy the, um, the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically that went down bad. I don't think I don't know, but is there any black person that actually owns an NFL team? Nah. At this current moment. So no, if, no if, black, if, no, no current black owners at all in NFL. So you have black billionaires who's able to purchase a team, and you telling me that they're not able to purchase a team? I forget what it is with like that whole collective agreement. I think like the other owners have to sign off on you or something like that. So, okay. When we put it this way and it comes to sports, right? Mm. There's very few black ownership in general in sports. Like wild in which we watch and play in very, very few black ownership. So, I mean, I've heard that, you know, the NFL does hire based on nepotism which, you know, is you're going to hire the people that are like you. So if I'm the owner, I want a guy that's going to be able to, to respond to me. You know, he's going to have more like-minded traits that I do. So I'm going to take this white guy over here or this white guy over there. Mm-hmm. But I think where, where, where the big issue lies when it came to the Brian Flores thing was when his stuff came out, he's talking about people were just putting him on the books to, you know, satisfy like the Rooney rule, right? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is... Uh, that you got to interview at least black candidates for for um, for the position. So <clears throat> you're not getting a fair shot. You're getting interviewed for the position. But then again, you know, they're sitting there telling you, hey, you know, Corey, we're going to bring you in for this interview. But, you know, we already hired Bill over there. But you don't realize that. And then you figured out that you got somebody was sending a text message a congratulatory text message before you even got the interview. Hey, bro, congratulations on you getting the job. You like, what you mean? Oh man, this text wasn't for you. That's, See, that's some crazy. fucked up shit, right? That's, that's crazy, real man. fucked up shit. I just so it, it 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 makes people just not want to deal and create their own, especially when you have that same thing. Where I actually appreciate Ice Cube creating the big three. Reason why? Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. I enjoy it, but now I like the concept of that is the big three is it's dope. Like it's fun to watch, but it's it's everybody at the end of their career, though, bro. 
it's 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 not saying that the big three isn't dope, but it's not like going out and watching KD and watching Steph Curry and watching uh uh, uh Dane Lillard like go to work. Like you see what I'm you saying? Like because the funds are not there. If the funds were there, I guarantee you a lot of us would go over to the big three instead of going over to the uh, NBA. But a lot of us like making that bread, and you gotta have That's the amount. The funds. The okay, so I, I mean, you talk about they gotta have three trillion dollars right now to start a league to be able to get Kevin Durant and all them to go. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you got like the money. NBA is worth a lot of money, bro. The you NBA in itself. I mean, you gotta that. think about that at, 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 at the end of everything. Um, if you look at the ABA and the NBA merger, like the ABA was more exciting than the NBA. But the NBA had more money, so it was like, yo, I'm about to buy you up. Like, we taking all your teams, all your black players, so we can have some exciting-ass basketball so that we can make more and more money, right? And so it's tough when you look at it that way. But, like, going back to the NFL, we know that there's a huge disparity at the top versus what you got on the field. You got an 80% black league. Your quarterbacks no longer are white for the most part. You got your Lamar Jacksons. You 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 got old buddy from uh from from Chicago now. You got Patrick Holmes. We know he's mixed, but if you mix, you're black. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, you 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 you're you're looking at, at 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 the league beginning to change, like the face of your league beginning to change, but yet the front office staying the same. And you know, it's just interesting to say that. Can a black person lead? Yeah. If, we, if we're good enough to play, we're, we're good enough to understand the game. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're good enough to lead, man. We're good enough to put ourselves in that position. And this, to me, is what this lawsuit is going to be about. Uh, do I think that it's going to change anything? Personally, nah, I think Brian Flores is eventually going to get settled out for a bunch of millions of dollars, and you ain't going to hear from him no more eventually. That That's, that's just how you see things going in the NFL. So I just don't know if it's going to get better within our lifetime for black coaches. Truthfully. What's what's 10 million to a couple trillions of dollars? A hundred dollars. Who them folks? They don't care. No, nah, yeah. I mean, everybody who owns the NFL team is definitely a, a billionaire. <laughs> I mean, they might all be like, yo, everybody give a hundred million dollars and we giving him, you know. Big, big, big. Hey, you know, you done turned around and got 600 million to go yeah. be quiet, <laughs> like you know. And of course, in the NFL, is they're, they're, they're really great on you know, after you settle, you got to sign an NDA. We're not going to disclose how much money was paid out, we're not going to talk about what happened during the, during the process, um, and go from there. I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't take the money, I would do it and just go to college and coach. I mean, college coaches getting paid like 10 million dollars right now a year. The coach, so I mean, take your talents out there to uh to to somewhere to coach in college. I mean, now you know black schools ain't paying both? that yet, huh? Can he do both? Take the money what? and go go coach in college? Hell yeah! I mean, it's it's an entirely different organization. Yeah, like you got the NCAA and then you got the NFL. So I don't see why not. You know what I mean? So I, I don't see why not that why that won't be possible. But I think I think it'll be interesting. I think I think it'll be interesting to see what comes to light. Um, I you know I've heard a lot of people in sports talk say, "Oh, this is going to be big for black coaches in general." Even though I personally think this will be big and financially gaining for Flores and himself, 
versus the culture of black coaching going forward. Now, if this if this starts a slew of black coaches all suing, right, mm-hmm. for, for this same issue, then I can see because, I mean, I think there's also, like, concepts where teams are paying black coaches $100,000 to lose. Like, every loss you get 100 k But what that does is it hurts your personal overall career. So you'll be able to be hired again as like a as an assistant, but if you have that overall losing career, you're not gonna be able to get that headman job again. Mm-hmm. But then like it's not it's not common knowledge that teams was paying you to taint. So I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot that goes along with it, where you know we only really scratching the surface of of everything that's happening, you know, with this process, and it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. Hey man, hey, see, look, we, we hit a couple valid points on these, man, today. It's been great, man. We're going to let you guys know it has been another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together podcast. You know it. It's your look, boy, KJ. It's your boy, JW, John Willis Jr. We did lose Manuela Cook. She, I don't know, we don't know what happened over there, her, and she might have lost some power or something. I don't but know, but we're going to figure I, it out. I can't call. We're going to figure it out. But it's been our pleasure, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Don't spend all that money at the strip club. Deuces.